Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is July 20th, 2022, which means that another day of the G1 Climax is upon us for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's right. It is the G1 Climax 32, and if you're new here, we are covering the entire tournament from top to bottom. If you're on YouTube, which uh, has probably become the best way to experience our podcast, um, just in terms of organization... Uh, There is a playlist where you'll be able to listen to this in chronological order, beginning with our predictions, then our coverage of Nights 1 and 2, which is already out, and when you're listening to this, Night 3 will also be there. So, uh, I'm going to most likely move it to the top of our YouTube feed because it is an ongoing thing, so it'll be updated every time there's a new episode that drops of us uh, talking about the G1 Climax. So just keep that in mind. Um, If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to, that's fine. We encourage you to do so. Uh, I know for me, I like to listen to my podcasts on Apple Podcasts um, or if I'm playing Xbox, I have it on Spotify. Um, So I understand that. But if you are watching or listening on YouTube, there is a playlist so you can just listen back to back to back. And if you want to go back and find our coverage uh, from previous nights, it'll be uh, easy to do so. So, uh, that's there for you, um, just a heads up, so there is a playlist, just go to our channel, uh, click the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast, and you'll be able to, to find it. If you're, if you're new here, please consider subscribing, like I said, we are covering the entire G1 Climax tournament, so, uh, we already did Nights 1 and 2, we did our predictions, this is our Night 3 review, uh, and recap for the show, um, I am no longer, well, you can still hear I'm a bit congested, I think it might be more allergies now, but I am no longer actively sick, so I did uh, take some good notes this time around, Um, but I thought the uh, the review for Nights 1 and 2 went well, for uh, all things considered, since I was basically dying over the weekend, Um, but yeah. I'm um, trying to think uh, what else to go over here. Um, you can follow us over on Twitter, at Deep6Wrestling. We really aren't the best with our Twitter. Um, but if you want to help us out and help us grow and keep up to date when we do tweet, at uh, Deep6Wrestling. No G at the end, just Deep6Wrestling. Uh, you can find us over on Twitter. We'd appreciate some follows if you want to do that. Um, AEW's back tonight. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. Um, Fighter Fest Week 2. Uh, headlined by Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston in the Barbed Wire Everywhere match. Um, we'll probably have a review out. We've been really slacking with covering AEW lately. Um, so hopefully we can do a review either tonight after the show or sometime on Thursday. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Ryan and Angel's Impact Power Hour should be back this week. Um, and they're on the road to emergence for Impact Wrestling, so... Uh, keep up with that. Um, I, I don't know if it's this week. I think it's this week that they're doing the Alex Shelley versus Chris Sabin match. So, um, some exciting stuff there. Uh, stay tuned because me, Ryan, and Angelo will be beginning our, uh, our retro TNA reviews where we're going to be reviewing old TNA pay-per-views and we're going to kick things off with the first ever TNA pay-per-view. Um, and that will be coming out sometime in August, I believe. So, um, that's something to look forward to. We're trying to, you know, do some, some special new stuff for the podcast here. Uh, Rob has just started reviewing SmackDown, so if you're a WWE fan or if you're just looking to, uh, I guess, keep up with the product, uh, you'll now be able to do that through us with SmackDown reviews from Rob. And we also have a punishment, um, from Forbidden Door? No, Money in the Bank. Uh, that's coming up. Jake will be doing Elvis Karaoke. 
which should be fun. We all chose our songs. He has to do six Elvis songs for karaoke. They will be coming. Uh, there's just some bad timing uh, with him getting sick and then um, also having a vacation lined up. So, But that will be coming. Um, so some stuff to look forward to. SummerSlam's next week. I'm sure Rob might do a review for that show. I don't think anybody else will. I don't know who's going to be watching, but we'll see. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, the G1 coverage will continue through me. Uh, I'm going to be continually watching this whole tournament and talking about it here. So, um, yeah, if you're a New Japan fan, again, just subscribe. You'll, you'll get your G1 coverage as these shows come out. And if you're ever in the need for older content, you can go listen to my reviews for Best of the Super Juniors from earlier this year. Um, so, plenty of options. Plenty of stuff going on. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I guess we'll just dive right in here for uh, night three of the G1 Climax. Um, I, did, I have been mentioning the undercard tags, not reviewing them, but uh, just giving the results. So, for those that do want to know the results here of the undercard tag matches, uh, I'll go to that first. Um, we had... Bad Dude Tita and Jonah taking on Royce Isaacs and Tom Lawler, uh, with Jonah picking up the win for his team. Toa Hanari, The Great Okan, Jeff, of, uh, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay of the United Empire defeated The House of Torture uh, and El Phantasmo. Uh, evil El Phantasmo show in Dick Togo. Um, Yoshihashi and Kazuchika Okada defeated Toriyano and Oiwa, The Young Lion. Uh, that's okay. Uh, Fujita, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi lost to the Bullet Club with uh, Jay White, Kenta, and Juice Robinson. And LIJ's team of Shingo Takagi, Sanada, and Bushi defeated the Suzuki Goon lineup of Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Taka Michinoku. And that would send us into our tournament matches for the night, which would kick. This would. This wasn't a, a very thrilling night on paper. Um. And between, I would say, probably the, the first three nights, I feel like a lot of people will look at this as the weakest night. Um, and honestly, probably fair. It was very um, bottom-heavy, I guess, in terms of quality, with, you know, uh, th two of these matches being like... We'll, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Oh, there was only one match on this show that is, like, must-watch. So, um, but we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, but first up, we had David Finley versus Yujiro Takahashi. as uh, David Finley's G1 debut here. And he'd be taking on Yujiro Takahashi, who famous or infamously defeated Kota Ibushi in the opening night of the G1 last year. Uh, so to kick things off here, we had Finley goes for a few crucifix, uh, crucifix pins off the bat. Uh, Yujiro got out before eating a drop kick. Uh, they go down to the floor, Huge Huge would send David into the barricade, um, and then took him up onto the ramp, and dropped him with a not really great looking reverse DDT. Um, rather than taking the count out, Yujiro would send Finley back into the ring, uh, before laying in elbows to the head, and a basement drop kick to the head for a two count. Yujiro locked in a hold, uh, Finley would fight out of it, and send, uh, sent Yujiro face first into one of the corner pads to break up the, uh, the offensive run here. Uh, Takahashi goes for his corner boot, but Finley catches him and lands with a big ne uh, neck breaker, and then follows that up with a blue thunderbomb, and then a running corner uppercut, uh, so a nice little offensive sprint here for Finley, 
Um, coming off that, he hits a plancha to the floor and then sends Yujiro back in for a Yurinagi, uh, Yurinagi backbreaker, which gets a near fall. And follows up with a rocket shot forearm for another near fall. So again, Finley gets a, a, a pretty big like uh, run here with some really just fast, fiery offense, which uh, I'd say all looked pretty good. Um... Yudro then hot shots Finley onto the top rope and breaks uh, his his little offensive streak that he got on. He drills Finley with a boot on the rope and then a fisherman buster for his own near fall. Uh, Finley nails a sunset bomb for another near fall here, but as he sets up for the trash panda, Show comes out for the distraction and allows Yudro to hit an Olympic slam. The ref then gets distracted, thanks to Show, which allows uh, Yudro to hit the pimp juice DDT, and you can hear the the audience just die here uh and kevin kelly's energy just completely depletes and it looks like yudro is gonna win but finley kicks out at the last second and the crowd comes back to life kevin kelly comes back to life great moment um finley sends yudro into show on the apron uh knocking show down and nails a stunner on yudro uh and the crowd's firmly behind david finley at this point um, and that gets another near fall here. And the final moment, see Finley go for Trash Panda. Yudro goes for Big Juice. Both get blocked. Roll up from Finley, uh, but Yudro gets out and Finley gets sent into the ropes and he gets clocked by a wrench from show. Yudro hits the Big Juice and wins. Yudro Takahashi moves to two points. David Finley uh, sits at zero. I don't think this was a spectacularly good match. Yudro Takahashi is still not a great wrestler uh probably not even a, a good wrestler in my opinion um he's just so like the energy isn't there and i get that like the defense of that is oh it's the character but like come the fuck on um who i like i just don't enjoy him like watching his matches i thought finley looked fairly good here um the the one run here where he just got like back to back to back to back offensive moves and like big offensive moves I thought was pretty good, but this is a match that I will n- probably never think about again starting later today, uh, and just kind of felt like a waste of time. Um, I don't think Yujiro needed to win here, but it's a tournament, so you know people have to take losses and the math's gonna add up. But did Yujiro really need to beat Finley in his G1 debut? I, I would probably argue no, um, and it, I don't foresee Yudro having a very big tournament elsewhere, so I, I, I just, I don't really think this win was needed for him, I feel like him playing spoiler to somebody later on makes more sense, and probably will happen, um, but this just, this just did nothing for me, this is not a match I would actively go out, <coughs> go out of my way to recommend, excuse me, um, so it, it is what it is. It's done and over with, and, and that's that's the bottom line. Uh, next up on the docket, we have Chase Owens versus Tamatanga here. Uh, right off the bat, Tamatanga goes after Chase after Owens attempts to blindside Tamatanga in the ring. Uh, Jado eats a super kick at ringside to draw out Tama from the ring, uh, and Chase then gets his own shot at control here, delivers a bicycle kick and a Russian leg sweep into the barricade, and then firmly takes control here for a little bit. Uh, a neckbreaker from Chase leads to the first two count of the match for him, uh, and he man- and maintains a consistent level of offense against Tama, basically, for the first several minutes here. Uh, Tama-, Tama fires up with his comeback, nailing Owens in the corner and landing a back suplex for two. 
Uh, he goes for the Tongan twist, but it gets blocked as Owens nails Tama with a sweet-looking sunset flip bomb into the corner pad. This looked great. Um, Chase Owens has some some fun moves, I will say, and I I, I did think the sunset flip um, it's like a fast-paced sunset flip bomb uh, right into the to the corner pad looked really really effective. Uh, a second neckbreaker lands uh, for another two count from Chase. Uh, he continues to work over the neck here, um, but the C-trigger gets blocked as Tama hits an Enzigiri and a Death Valley Bomb. He goes up top for the Supreme Flow, but it gets avoided as Tama comes down onto nothing. Chase then heads to the floor and pulls back the padding to expose the concrete flooring. Uh, before he can suplex Tama onto the concrete, however, Jado comes in and kicks the padding back into place. Chase then gets a chair out, but Jado stops the interference. And Chase then walks into a backdrop on the floor for uh, from Tama for a big reaction from the crowd. It is still weird seeing Jado playing like this babyface, but after you know years of seeing him as the master heater, but um, I like it. It's effective, you know. Seeing Chase beat up an old man like makes me not like Chase. So it, theoretically, it works. And like, J <coughs> excuse me, but like. Jado, you know, he, he is an old guy, and he looks old, he feels old the way he walks, so, um, yeah, you know, it, it works. Uh, back in the ring, the Supreme Flow lands for Tama, but only a two count. Tama rips off his jacket and calls for the gun stun, which the crowd is very behind. Um, Chase gets out of the way and then drills Tama in the back of the head with a C-trigger. Package pile driver gets attempted, but Tama counters with a gun stun that Chase blocks, um, playing up the history from last year when they met, apparently, um, as this was the way that Tama would defeat Chase Owens. I don't remember this off the top of my head, but this, this, this is how Kevin Kelly described it. Uh, Roll-ups from both men here get kicked out of, and Tama goes for a jumping gun stun off the middle turnbuckle, but gets um, tossed into the exposed turnbuckle. Back as pile driver gets attempted again, but Tama sends Chase into the turnbuckle and then levels him with a gun stun, and Tama Tonga wins. Uh, Tama Tonga moves to two points, and Chase Owens sits at zero. Uh, all things considered, I thought this was actually a pretty solid little match here. Um, it wasn't anything like like must watch, but I thought the the final couple minutes of this ended up being really good with the uh, these guys just going counter for counter um, with the package pile driver and the gun stun. So, um, yeah, I thought it was it was good. Good, not great. Um, Tama Tonga continues to be a very good babyface, though, I will say that. Um, so, I thought his win was pretty effective here, and I thought Chase played a good heel. In the semi-main event, we would go to A-block action, uh, which is being referred to as the monster block, as we would get our big hoss fight for the night. Bad Luck Fale versus AEW's Lance Archer. Uh, kicking things off here, Bad Luck Fale would get sent into the barricades at ringside. Uh, it's very loud, as expected, with him being a big man. Um, similar to Yujiro Takahashi earlier, Archer would send him back into the ring instead of going for the countout. Which at least makes a little more sense for Archer, since he is, you know, more of a babyface. I mean, he's still, like, a heel, technically, but, it, like... He's just his character is more in Japan at least is more of a baby face because he's just a big guy that beats people up. Um, Lance is wearing an all white gear. I thought it looked really nice on him. Um, I'm I'm a, an advocate for wrestlers that don't always have like bright colored gear um, breaking out an all white like color scheme at some point because it always looks really good. Uh, Archer nails Fale with a series of strikes in the corner. Fale fights back and delivers some body blows to get Lance off uh, to get Lance against the ropes. 
Uh, Big Boot from Archer sends Folly back to the floor. Folly gets a chair. Red Shoes takes it away. He goes for another chair. Red Shoes takes it away before he can hit Archer with it. Gotta love Red Shoes. Uh, Archer then gets set into one of the ring posts. Uh, and then Folly instead sets up the two chairs at ringside together. Uh, rather than attempting to hit Lance with them. And he manages to uh, body slam Lance through the chairs at ringside. And we had a 19 count here, but Archer gets back inside at the last moment. A very nice looking running crossbody splash from Lance Archer gets a two count. Uh, and he proceeds to then lock hands with Fale before going for his top rope walk. But Fale crotches him. He yanks him down and crotches him on the top rope and then drops him with a Samoan drop for two. Bad luck, Fale climbs to the second rope, but Lance jumps to life here and then sprints up the like up to the middle rope and uh, lands a knee strike. This looked really good from Lance Archer. I didn't know he had the speed in him. Um, Lance then lifts Fale for the blackout, but Fale gets out. Uh, in the corner, Lance comes back with a running back elbow, um, and he then mounts Fale for the punches to the skull. Fale then gets Lance in powerbomb position and walks him to the ropes, and Archer, they're doing like the, I guess like, uh, the head scissors over the top rope here, uh, and Archer goes like over the top rope, but Fale kind of like struggles to get over, and so Lance is already like down on the floor, or I guess, I don't know if he went to the floor, if he's down on the apron, um, and... Fale slowly comes over and then takes this awful looking bump on the apron where his back, like the bottom of his back just eats this apron and he comes down over. Um, that looked very rough. Not, not a good landing. Um, uh, we then have Lance come off the apron with a cannonball and they'd both be coming back up on the apron. Uh, but Lance would get put down by Fale and Fale would get back into the ring, but Lance wouldn't. And we'd have our second count out in A block following Yano getting the count out on Jonah. Bad luck, Fale won. Uh, moving to two points, and Lance Archer sits at zero. This was a shocker for me. Um, I was not expecting this. This was honestly a night f just filled with upsets for uh, at least our predictions. Um, David Finley versus Yujiro Takahashi. All of us had David Finley, so Yujiro won that. Uh, Chase Owens versus Tamatanga. All. All of us but Sam had Tamatanga, Sam had Chase Owens, so um, that was not an upset. Uh, all of us had Lance Archer winning this, so this was uh, a major upset. And then we'll get to the main event. Um, in terms of match quality, I thought this this was this over delivered. Um, I'm not a bad luck Fale fan. I do like Lance Archer. Um, it was aside from the uh, the scary landing for Fale. Um, as they came over the ropes. I enjoyed this. It wasn't terribly long. Uh, what was the time on this one? Uh, ten minutes. So, you know, I thought this was perfectly fine time-wise. Uh, again, shocking ending for me. I did not see Lance losing this. Um, so, um, yeah, but I thought it was solid enough. I would send this to our main event. Hiroki Goto versus Tetsuya Naito. I wrote a lot of notes for this, so I'm going to take a, a drink of water here so you can have a little reprieve while I sip this water. <sighs> Some good water. Alright, let's talk about this main event here. Off the bat, we had a, uh, you know, a nice lockup to start. Uh, Goto reverses a hip toss, and Naito goes to the floor to avoid any further offense from Goto. 
He takes his time getting back in, teasing him as he rolls in and out quickly a few times to keep Goto frustrated. Uh, Goto finally gets goaded out onto the floor, and Naito knows exactly how to play it and sends Goto into the barricade. Goto comes off the barricade looking to nail Naito with a clothesline, but Naito just like casually ducks this, like as close to like Naito doing orange cast as he can. And Goto just like clotheslines the, the ring post, um, which did not look fun. Uh, the arm attack continues at ringside with Goto's arm getting wrapped around the barricades at ringside and then getting slammed into another ring post as well. Uh, Naito traps the arm back in the ring with a submission as Goto fights to the ropes. Naito takes his time breaking the the the, the hold as well. Uh, but Naito is just firmly in control at this point. And with the uh, the slow methodical start to this, it's very clear this is going to go longer um, than anything else on the show. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, where were we? Um, Goto continues to try and fire up with just, you know, getting a chop or two off here, but Naito just does not let up on the offense. Uh, Kevin Kelly notes on commentary that Naito is on a five-match win streak against Hiroki Goto heading into this match, playing up the confidence with Naito here as he's working over the arm in the corner. Um, Naito then lays in the boots to the face of Goto, which fires him up, and finally Goto is able to cut Naito off with a clothesline, finally giving him a moment to breathe here. Uh, we have a corner leg lariat and a running bulldog from Goto, which gets him a two-count as he takes an offensive run for the first time since the opening moments of the match. But Naito again cuts him off, nailing him with a, both a drop kick and a knee to the back of the head before locking in another submission. Uh, the Goto gets his legs to the rope to break it fairly quickly. Naito sends Goto into the corner and lands the Combination Cabron, uh, then lifts Goto to the top rope as Naito lands the Super Rana off the top rope. He's very pleased uh, with this. Destino gets attempted, but Goto gets out, uh, but Naito then comes back and drops him with a Spine Buster. Naito uh, goes to get Goto up again, but Goto locks in his own submission here, and he gets it locked in directly in the center of the ring for an extended period here, uh, probably for like a minute, maybe a minute and a half. Um, really just to break down Naito's defenses after being beaten down for the, the dead-ass just the first 15 minutes of action here. Uh, Naito does get his boot to the bottom rope, but Goto has done quite a bit of damage with the submission being locked in for so long. Uh, Goto and Naito then just light each other up in the center of the ring with a dueling strike exchange, just going after each other here with forearms. Uh, Naito gets the better of Goto once again, delivers a few killer-looking elbows to the neck of Goto, really just softening him up for a future Destino, uh, but Goto eventually does level Naito as both men go down here. Goto's then the first man up. He lifts Naito. Um, and Goto lands his own backdrop suplex for a two count. The Ushiguroshi lands for show, uh, for Goto. And he gets a near fall here, but Naito gets out. Goto looks for the GTR, but Naito looks to fight out of it. Ushiguroshi gets looked at again, but Naito is out and lands a rolling kick to take down Goto again. Uh, in the corner, Naito looks for Destino and he lands it, but Goto kicks out at like 2.9. Uh, crowd is just firmly invested at this point. They've built this up so well with Goto as the underdog. Uh, Naito lifts Goto, uh, and he looks for it again, but Goto gets out and sends Naito into the corner and drops him. This is a really cool move where he got him um, hung up on the middle rope and set up in the the basically the the Bishamon finisher and his ver uh, like his portion of it without Yoshihashi. I thought that was really creative. Uh, both men go down with the twenty minute mark being called for. Massive kick from Goto lands across Naito's chest. 
uh, but Naito drops Goto on his head. Destino gets reversed. The Shodenkai lands from Goto, but he can't pin Naito. He lifts him up. He hits the GTR. And Hiroki Goto wins and moves to two points as Tetsuya Naito sits at zero. I thought this was a sensational main event. I thought this was so good. Um, this was just fucking excellent between these two. Um, a, a thrilling main event. Cannot get enough praise from me. I thought they built up to, to Goto's victory here perfectly. Um, Naito played the, the cocky asshole perfectly, you know, with his five-match win streak against this guy. Um, yeah, I love this. I thought this was a great main event. Um, you know, slower, not as, like, um, fast-paced and exciting as, like, Tomohiro Ishii versus Taichi. But this was still fantastic. Um, there's a very clear story here told, and it was just fun and enjoyable. Uh, I thought both guys played really well. Um, seeing Naito just dominate this was was good, and then Goto just got to play a very strong babyface here. Um, and yeah, now the odds are stacked against Naito. He has to you know start winning matches. He's he has the disadvantage right now as he as many people are predicting him to win his block. So. And Goto, you know, is going to be dealing with arm issues for the rest of the tournament. Uh, so, the again, this is the one must-watch match of the night. If you are looking for what match to watch, it's this one. Uh, go out of your way to watch this. Uh, coming up on the next night of action, this is on July 23rd. We have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Aaron Hanare. Uh, Yoshihashi versus Shingo Takagi. Kazuchika Okada versus Toriano. And what looks to be the main event, Tomohiro Ishii versus Jay White. Um, we could have another upset here with Jay White losing to Ishii. Uh, Ishii does seem to have Jay's number, and Jay, I think, is not going to win his block, so he's going to need to take at least a loss or two. Um, so we'll see. Uh, in terms of our predictions for night three, let me give you the rundown. Uh, I came in the lead with two. Two of four. Joey, Angelo, Ryan, and Rob got one right, and Sam got zero of the four matches correct, so our overall standings for the G1 in night three are now Joey in last place with four points, uh, Ryan and Angelo tied with uh, five points in second place, and a three-way tie for first with Sam, Rob, and myself at six, so uh, my Hiroki Goto pick really paid off today, I'm very glad I, I did that, um... So we'll see, but uh, yeah, Goto versus Naito, an absolutely must-watch match. Um, but that does it for the Night 3 coverage for the G1 Climax. Be sure to comment what your favorite match was down in the comments if you're on YouTube. Uh, leave a like if you're on YouTube. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're on Apple or Spotify, please consider leaving a review for the podcast. We would uh, appreciate that, and it helps us appear more uh, on the platform. And, yeah, I'll talk to you guys in the next G1 review, if you're here for that. Uh, if you are listening to our AEW reviews when they do come out, then I guess I'll talk to you on that. So, uh, thank you, and farewell.